Good morning, Minneapolis and other beautiful cities all around the world. My name is Lavia Alva. I'm an extreme extrovert. One of my friends was like, oh, you should just say, um, <laughs> like, no, my name is Lavia Alva and I'm an alcoholic. I was like, nah, I'm not going to do like that. <laughs> I know, I know it's, uh, you know, realistic, it's not false, but I'm not gonna introduce myself like that. There's still that negative confrontation. There's still that taboo in my brain. Um, accepting that part of yourself is sometimes like, you know, accepting that someone told you that you did something so horrendous that, you know, and you're gonna die. Because it is, kind of. <laughs> um, it's it's a slow, sad death if it's not dealt correctly. Um, it can be. I started wa- uh, reading this book, the Alcoholics Anonymous book. Um, I'll have to reference the author, the particular author. But it's a pretty well-known uh, book, if you haven't heard of it already. And I actually really kind of like the insight um, on, in this book, he writes about um, the patients that he deals with, people that have um, chronic alcoholism, you know, to the point where they drink like three bottles a day, um, have to drink at night, have to drink at day, and it comes to a point where it's like so hard for them to function without it. Or to even manage the cravings, even after they have mentally decided, like, hey, I'm not going to do this anymore. Um, and one thing that I find very interesting about this book, actually, is it kind of explains, like, the different types of alcoholics. I'm not very far in the book, so I've only heard about, like, the type 1, which is, like, a person that had little spurts of, like, problematic drinking but it it's not so much as like a chronic um alcoholism type one is more like when you go the best way that i kind of view it in my mind is like you go to college you binge drink for four years after that you're like you know what i'm done with this you know most people are like that most people are not um really they're like tempered drinkers that's what they it's called in the book um they're they're drinkers that just kind of drink because they don't have an allergy. The author describes um, people that have problems with drinking um, are people that have an allergy. They have like an allergy to alcohol where it's like, and the main allergy is you're fine. And I even see this in myself. I wake up, I don't have any cravings whatsoever. I'm fine, I'm fine, my life is great, I'm successful, I'm happy, I have nothing to worry about. And then I am in a situation, like at a bar, and a friend will be like, hey, you want a drink? And me, I know I'm an alcoholic, but that doesn't, that doesn't control the craving enough. Once the alcohol hits your mouth, once it hits your lips, once it gets in your stomach, the allergy is that, I don't know why he calls it an allergy. I feel like it's not really medically correct, but I'm also not a doctor, so who knows. But we're just going to use this word allergy 
because that's what he uses in the book. Um, but, you know, you can think of it any way, any other word that you like to think <laughs> that uh, pertains to the understanding that you get from, you know, this context that I'm saying. Anyway, so this allergy is that once you consume the alcohol, that craving develops. So once you intake it, ingest it, the cravings start. They're like, wow, this is great. My brain likes it. My body wants it. And I'm going to keep this going until I literally can't do it anymore. And I really see this in myself because me as a normal person, <laughs> normal, oh boy, anyway, <laughs> well, as normal as a person can ever be, um, you know, like me, I, I, when I go about my life, I don't legitimately crave alcohol. I don't physically shake. I don't physically look at it and be like, you know, I'm going to do this. But once I have a drink, like whether it's like one drink with a friend, that's when the cravings hit and I, and it'll last a few days. So say if I drink like a few drinks with a friend the night before, then that morning I'll be like, oh, let's go to brunch. I want to do brunch now. Um, and then I'll like, you know, take that drink and drink and drink until I can't anymore. And understanding this about myself has made the battle a little bit less fearful. Like knowing this stuff about alcoholism makes me feel like I can be understood. I can understand myself. Before I wasn't so sure. And like lately, like I felt like I like hit rock bottom. You know, I jeopardizing things, jeopardizing relationships. But I, I this idea just really fascinated me this morning. And like I don't know if everyone believes in religious things or spiritual things, but, and I'm, I'm not a religious person. I'm, I'm that kind of person that, like, I grew up religious because your parents were religious and you kind of were forced to do, <laughs> not forced, but kind of, you know, um, and I would go to church, you know, my father was uh, Catholic, he is Catholic, um, and I... I don't know, certain religions just didn't resonate with me. I just didn't get them. I was just like, I wasn't like, you know, this is really sitting well with me. Like, I'm really, really, like, in tuned with God or Buddha or Allah or whoever, right? And, um, it was just, I don't know, it just never really resonated with me. And then, as I got more into recovery, um, spirituality really has um, taken a toll on me. I really like the idea of, you know, meditations and me, I have um, done a few pagan kind of religions, but um, I'm not going to go too deep into that. But whatever works for you, I think um, it's good to have something other than yourself, if that makes sense.
And I'm kind of learning through this with in my journey in recovery. You know, you can't really, when you feel alone at something or when you're battling something by yourself, that's when the weight becomes really heavy. That's when it really gets on your shoulders because an education in general, like after like learning about alcoholism and learning about myself, it does help me a lot to understand what is going on in my body and what is going on in my brain in my brain i can't even talk <laughs> no in my brain and i think knowledge is powerful in anything and that's one thing that i've really um i don't know if it's because of the summer and the warm vibes but the summertime really does get me in a romanticized um state of wanting to learn and wanting to be curious because I am a world traveler and I I don't know I just feel a lot of hope in the summer <laughs> the summer makes me happy and it makes me and my mind feel clear and I think one thing that's very interesting about life is we're all in control of our lives we're all in control of our minds but we're not always in control of our environment our environment and what happens to us right like you can't really help it if you grew up and got abused you can't really help it if you went to you know the store and got robbed like maybe sometimes you can like maybe I don't know I don't I never like to blame people but you know if you're highly intoxicated walking on the street, obviously you're gonna more likely to be mugged. Um, but, you know, so certain things you really can't help. Sometimes you have an unexplained medical condition and you're like, nobody in my family has this condition. Nobody knows about it. You know, that, that's not something that somebody deserves. But certain things in our life we do deserve. And I don't know if it's me just being optimistic in my character, but I think that the experiences that I went through have a reason. Maybe they don't have a reason. Maybe it's just chance. Somebody told me that, um, you know, life has no reason. And I was like, okay, explain. Because me, even if I don't agree with somebody, I do like to hear their points just to see how they got to that mental understanding or, you know, and how this interacts with their world, you know, how they think. I, I like that. So even if I didn't agree, I was like, okay, go for it. Just, you know, tell me why. And he was like, because if life had a purpose, if life had a direct path, that would mean that whatever the fuck we did, our life would just be met. If you were meant to die at 65 and you, I don't know, you jumped out of a plane and jumped out of a building and did all this crazy shit, didn't die, and it wouldn't matter because this was the set date that you were going to die, right? And I was like, you know, you're right. I can kind of see that. 
or they're like, you know, regardless of making all mistakes or not even following the law or maybe being a star citizen, like, you would still be doomed to die this way or you would you would still be poor all your life or you'd, you're just destined to be an alcoholic. And I'm like, wait a second. That's right. As much as for my own personal reassurance, for my own personal sanity so I can get through the, my life, <laughs> I like to say that things have a purpose. Because then it reminds me that I have a purpose. But when I say that, I, I, I do agree with this other person's point of view because I don't believe that anything is set in stone. I do believe that your future can be manifested and it can be yours the way that you want it. And life might tempt you to sway in different directions, but if you do what is best for you, you will probably have a good life. And that's what I believe. And so I kind of took a little bit of both views. Life doesn't have a concrete purpose, right? That means that I don't have a concrete existence, which also means I'm not, I, I might be an alcoholic, but the state of this massive, uh, what is it? Oh, manic depressive um, is my type of alcoholic, I guess. Um, it's a kind of alcoholic that <laughs> is like me. I, um, I go about my life long term of sobriety, never drinking, and then I get high-headed cockiness and I'm like, oh, I don't have a problem. Go to the bar, have one drink, end up having 500 and then fucking almost killing myself. Like this is the massive depressive alcoholic and that's people like me. And I, it's, I have to know this about myself. I have to know that if I put myself in this situation, my depression, my anxiety takes control. I can't control the cravings once I taste it. It's going to be all night, next day, three days, who knows? And knowing this knowledge makes me feel in control. And if you know me, my whole life, my whole young life, not my adult life, but young life. So from the youngest that I can remember until I was about 17, I didn't have much control in my life. Didn't have much control physically, um, not too much about anything else. Uh, just because my younger self, my younger life, I had, you know, I, I was experiencing abuse. I was experiencing mental torture and I, I wasn't happy. But because of that, because of that um, experience, in my adult life now, I like to be in control. I like to feel in control. Do I know that I can control everything? No. But does it still mean that I feel that way? Oh, absolutely. And I sometimes have to stop myself and be like, you know what? This situation is not in my control. Am I upset about it? Yes. But we're going to have to accept it. This is just how it is. And that's the thing that fascinates me about my own addictions. Because when I drink, I feel like I'm in control, but I'm not. And it's kind of a contradictory of someone's values. 
it's definitely a contradictory to my values. And that, I, I'm not sure if I will understand ever. If I will ever understand this part of my life. And that's fine, because some things you just can't understand. And this one I might not be able to ever understand. Um, but I am determined to find answers. Um, I'm determined. One thing that I also find interesting about um, alcoholics is that, for example, one can have a, be a pretty nice person. Am I a perfect person? No, I'm not a perfect person. I try to be a very nice person, though. In, in, my, na in my natural sober state, I'm a person that prioritizes respecting people. I prioritize um, listening to people. And I prioritize trying to be as kind and patient as possible. In, within reason. And when I drink, the mind goes so elsewhere. The best way that I explain it is I call it a monster. The, all the monster qualities, all the evil, insidious mean, um, uncaring qualities come out. And the reason for this, I believe, which I'm not a doctor, but I believe it's because of the allergy concept that the Alcohols Anonymous person writes in his book. He says that some people have an allergy. And I actually find this very settling. Because I'm like, it's a lot easier to say you have an allergy than for you to say you have an addiction. Is it the correct word? Is it the medically correct word? No. But in regards to my sanity and my sobriety, this is the word that I like to choose. And so, yeah. <laughs> It's a very nice day in Minneapolis. Since the weather has been getting a lot warmer, you can just tell everybody in Minneapolis is getting a lot nicer. A lot more patient with people. Um, that's because the cold, everyone's on edge sometimes, I think. Um, and then when the summertime hits, it's like a renewal. It's like a renew, um, like a new start to the year. It's the same year, but it, it almost feels like rejuvenating. I wonder if I end up moving. I mean, I'm gonna, I'm planning on moving to a different city. <gasps> ah! <laughs> ah, don't worry, I'll, Minneapolis, you're still gonna be my place. But, um, I might actually have to move to a different city for a little while just to do some research on myself. Um, you know, things, get things going start new projects. Um, I really want to investigate whether or not I want to further my education or not. And um, just getting a few things done. So I don't think I'll be in that city for long or for many, many years, but I will have to move to a different city for a little while just for, you know, my own sanity. 
as you know, as everyone knows, I, I'm a traveler. I have to travel. I like to move around. One thing that is also interesting about addiction is that I, I remember I brought this back up in another podcast. But if it's anonymous, um, acce- uh, accessible, and affordable, anonymous, accessible, affordable, anonymous, ac- accessible, and affordable. So those three things really influence an addiction, like the act upon going about that action. And sometimes it will be out of our control to handle any of those three. You know, you might have to go to a different city, you might be stuck at the bus stop, and guess what, there's a liquor store right there. You might not be able to control these, but knowing about these like three contributors, if you can ever control them, it helps. You know, um, one of my friends is coming in from a different city, coming to visit us all, and you know, we're, we're talking in the group chat, and my sister comes and she's like, hey, you know, we have to do, we have to make sure we have some sober activities planned because everybody's coming. And I really like this. You know, in the beginning of my, when I first was going to rehab, because I felt so guilty and because I felt so ashamed of my journey and like my un, like, uneducated on anything in regards to alcoholics. Um, I just felt so shamed and, like, shunned. But now, like, when my sister, she had posted that on the group, I felt a sigh of relief. Um, obviously, you know, you gotta stand up for yourself, but just having another person to kind of have your back is really nice. And I don't think the guilt and the shame will ever go away of being like, why did it continue for so long? Like, why did I do this for so long? But it's definitely livable. And it's definitely, definitely livable. And it makes life a lot easier when you have people that know about you and your boundaries, it, you know, and unfortunately people can't really read minds. You know, I I know myself sometimes when I'm dating somebody or have a partner or with a friend, you know, sometimes somebody will misunderstand me and I'm like, oh, really? How do you not understand? And then I just realize I'm like, oh, I don't know why I have this accusation as I feel like many people do, but we always think that like people should read our minds or should just know <laughs> our emotions. Like if I'm feeling sad, you should see that I'm sad and you should be able to read it, right? You know, but it's not true. You kind of have to educate people because they don't know. <laughs> they don't know you. And the way that you go about your life might seem okay for them.
when it's not okay for you. So this morning I actually lit a yellow candle. Um, Yellow candles kind of bring on energy and I've really felt a lot of energy in the summer air and I've been lighting yellow candles and um, I put a few stones together just to like make a little section on my bed stand. Every morning I've been kind of putting a little you can call it whatever you want. It, it, it's like a prayer, spell, whatever it is. But every morning I sit with my yellow candle and I tell these self-reassurance, um, um, motivating words to myself. Um, and I try to th- feel the energy of the yellow candle. I try to really take it in. And I'm like, you know what? Today is not going to be a bad day. You know why? Because I know that I am a strong person. Despite all the hardship in my life, or all the hardship that has even happened in your life, we're still here. There's a lot of us that didn't make it, unfortunately. But we are here. So that means that... We still have strength to keep going. And if we have the strength to keep going, I like to believe that there has to be a purpose. A purpose of maybe helping somebody else. A purpose of educating somebody else. Or a purpose of just loving somebody else. Caring for somebody. Learning something. And I think if we all believe that we can do good in the world and that we are important to some extent, that the world will be a lot happier place. At least internally. And for the people around you. And so today... I vow that I am going to be sober. I vow that I'm going to be sober because I love my sister. Today, I vow that I'm going to be sober because I value my relationships and my friendships. Today, I vow to be sober because I respect myself. And I believe I have some purpose. And I greatly, greatly appreciate everyone that has been listening to my podcast. And I hope that you have a wonderful day and do something nice for yourself. And with that, have the safest, safest, safest of travels.